0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of, and this is the, I think, the last, no, no, it's not the last, anyway, we'll start over. Hey everybody, (laughs) it's Diane, I'm the host, or whatever I am, of Creatives Ignite, and today we have Mina Khalili on. Mina has been on three other times, twice in 2013, when I first met her. So now, granted, I started the podcast in 2012. She was on early on, within the first year of the podcast, and then again in December. I have all those links. The Those episodes are kind of in the locked in, but hopefully sometime in this year, not calendar year, but sometime within till next July, I will have those really old ones up on the on the website if they aren't. But the 2017 one is, I will plop them in. But we have spoken, the last most, I mean, we've spoken more recently than that. Just not recorded it for everybody. Um, But these episodes, the last one was, it is able to be watched on YouTube. It's 2017. And you were in, it was the new and loo. And you had done a 365 project. So if you are taking us from 2017 to today, You are still a professor. You're still an illustrator. You're still a designer. You still love typography. And I do see that your calendar does say June. So since I saw you last week, it's from April to June. (laughs) Flew by. So tell me what has changed from 2017 to now. And you can show us some stuff, too, if if, if that makes it easier.
1: Uh, 2017 to now because I mean I could take you all the way back to 2013. yeah no pressure thanks Brandy um, <laughs> all right I uh I could I could probably start to share my screen
0: that I, sounds good
1: you guys so um I've known Diane for 10 years now and in 10 years ago like she said she she interviewed me um we we're talking about my illustrations and this was back at the time where I was like yeah there's more. Yeah, and and if you want to actually see what those look like in real life, they are about this big, and the reason they're this big, and I have so many of these, and I have to number them so I remember like what series and which uh, which notebook this is, but like the reason they're so small is so that they can travel with me. Um, so the interiors, just to give you an idea, let me open these up. They are accordion fold. So they um, can expand thusly. Um, I I love that format because it allows me to sort of tell a story about a place um, using this linear format. <clears throat> gives a little bit of a landscape feel as well as a time feel. Um, I like to archive cities uh, in this way, but I started doing it back when I was riding vintage motorcycles up and down the east coast and my buddies and i would all pack in and they'd have their we were a total motley crew they'd have their um harley's and their suzuki's and you know all sorts of two-wheeled vehicles and a lot of them were photographing things um you know think back to the iphone of 2013 um the cameras were still kind of shoddy but they were getting a little bit better um, I liked to draw whenever we'd stop. So I would, we would pause, we would stop, um, we would, we would eat, we would get something to drink, we would maybe take a shower somewhere, but we would definitely be setting up camp over these week-long um, voyages um, up and down the East Coast. Um, and I would just draw. And so that's how the conversation between me and Diane started. Um, I just started talking to the to her as she. she She will answer your questions about my process because she knows so much about what I've done um, in that series. Um, It originally was called New and Loop because I had moved so many times in um, the course of very few years and I'd moved to many different cities and I sort of had this whiplash. I didn't know Really, I was like, where am I? Um, You know, even now with uh, COVID having happened, uh, having been a part of all of our lives, even today, I was like, wait, what year is it? Is it 2022? I forget often, even though I've got this Vignelli calendar behind me, right? I still forget. So um, I moved to Louisville uh, from Nashville, uh, Tennessee, um, just recently having moved there from Richmond, Virginia. And I was like, I need to figure out where I live. So I just started drawing the places that I lived, um, the, the city that I was living in, um, the various boroughs, the uh, different places. And that helped me get get acquainted to the city. And I do that now here in Columbia, South Carolina as well. But I'll talk a little bit more about that later and how that project has changed. But because I moved, I, I originally was calling this project New and Lou I moved and I was like, you know what? This needs to be called something else. This is bigger than one city. So I started to call it um drawn daily. And the Instagram handle is the drawn daily for that, if you want to follow it. So I'll share with you uh, my screen now and you guys can just sort of see. I'll I'll share where I've been and and give you just sort of like an idea about, about sort of uh uh what where we're coming from here. Um and I'll put my chat over here just so that I can see it. Sorry, guys. Okay. So let's see. I started out in 2011 teaching. That was when I started um, really in earnest. You um, see uh, uh, counterclockwise. Um, well, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. It's a hodgepodge here, but these are all four different universities that I taught at. Before that, I was teaching at VCU, but I was, a, um, I was an adjunct and Um, uh, GTA and all sorts of things. So um, I didn't didn't even put VCU up here. So we're starting up here. um, The very first one, the letterpress studio is at Virginia State University. Um, Go Trojans. Um, That is an HBCU in Petersburg, Virginia. And I have plenty of friends who are still there. Um, I do miss that place. Um, And then I moved from there after four years to Middle Tennessee State University. And I was there for just a short while. Um, Before I was uh, really uh, met with an opportunity from the University of Louisville, which is uh, this sort of techie uh, uh, image where I'm standing there in front of a screen. And I was at University of Louisville teaching interaction design, um, typography, print, really everything that I do now um, for three years before um, I needed to make a change in my life. And I can talk about that, too. Um, I loved Louisville and I loved working there and I loved my colleagues. I still love my colleagues um, there. But we moved to South Carolina, which are the bottom two images. So um, and Constance is here in the in the um, in the audience here. Um, So we moved to South Carolina um, to better our situation. Um, But I have been teaching for 12 years now I think Uh, uh, yeah so gosh okay 2023 so I guess it's been it'll be 12 years Um, and I've learned a lot about myself and about how to move from place to place um, and a lot that goes into all of that so I'm sure we'll have some questions and we'll, we'll converse about that later Um, But this is sort of the history of where I've been as a faculty member. All of these positions were tenure track faculty positions, um, all teaching uh, uh, design and illustration. So as I said, we needed to make a change in uh, when we were in Louisville. My partner, uh, my husband, Brent, who smack dab in the middle of that space, he's the proud papa there. Um, he and I, we got married in 2017 and we had a little one in 2018 and, um, he had a four plus hour commute and that was not going to fly for this mama bear. So I, (laughs) I went to my Dean, I went to my, um, my director, um, there in Louisville and I just said, Hey, I need some help here. What can we do? Um, well, it became very clear that uh, in order to better our situation, um, we were going to have to try to roll the dice and see if we could make a move together. And so we did. Um, and it, w- it, it went very well. It, it went very well. Um, and we had options. And for that, I will forever be grateful. Um, and we chose to come to South Carolina, and so we have um, one little one here. Her name is Lella. and then there's myself and and my husband, and that's that's our family. And we live here in South Carolina, and we work together, so we get to teach together too. So this um, this picture on the uh, my uh, far right um, is our study abroad course that we just taught in Italy um, at the Architecture Biennale um, there. And Constance is also in this photo. <laughs> Funny enough. Uh, hey, Doc, I see you in the chat. So good to have you here. Um, so, yeah, we work together, we teach together. Um, that is a whole other can of worms to talk about what that's like to be working with your partner, have a studio practice with your partner, teaching with your partner, um, all of which I can and will happily talk about um, if that if those questions come up. So I want to take a step back. So I just told you a lot about like my history here. Uh, let me take a step back for a second, though. I think it's really, really important for me to tell y'all the people who inspire me from a studio standpoint. I'm not talking about the people who inspire me on in a personal, um, like relational level. I don't know any of these women. Um, but these three women have had some type of profound effect on me, Um, and I want to make sure that we know their names. Um, I think if we're going to talk to me and we're going to have a conversation about me, then y'all need to know know these people. Um, So the first person to the far left is Sister Corita Kent. Um, There is a uh, organization um, uh, for her as well, but you might know her posters um, Sister Caritta, uh is uh, was a well-established, well-known um, uh, printmaker, artist, and designer, um, and a lot of her posters deal with um, social justice, and they were really well um, they were really well received uh, during the civil uprisings in the late '60s early 70s in the US, um, speaking from a global standpoint. Um, so I would strongly encourage y'all to, yes, carita.org. thank you, to take a look at that work. The second person in this um, series of three is a lesser known probably, but if any of you know her, um, then kudos truly to you. Um, her name is Friedel Dicker Brandeis. Friedel, Dicker Brandeis, and she was a teacher at the Bauhaus, but um, she was called to um, a concentration camp during World War II um, to in what uh, there's there's great stories about this. They're all sad. So if I'm going to have you in your feelings right now, I just need to let you know Um, a little bit of a warning about that. I heard the most wonderful talk given um, by uh, Warren Lair, and he discussed Friedel's history. Um, He gives so much more, uh, uh, just a better uh, um, rundown than I will, because I get really in my feelings about it when I talk about her and her fate. Um, but what it all boils down to um, in, in for the purpose of this conversation is that Friedel was called to a concentration camp and instead of filling her, um, her uh, luggage with clothing and things that you might consider, she knew that there were going to be children there. So she filled her suitcase with things to draw with and paper and pens and crayons and paints and all sorts of things. And she brought that with her. Um, to the concentration camp where she was teaching children how to express themselves and their feelings. And there is a wonderful book with a very sad title called I Never Saw Another Butterfly. And if you ever get the chance to take a look at that book, again, you're going to get in your feelings, everybody. So just a warning about that. Um, But it's truly a remarkable book. Um, You can see in the middle part here, There is work by one of those children, and then there is um, work by Friedel uh, right here. So just to give you an idea, that kind of selfless behavior is uh, remarkable, and it's something that I think that I know I aspire to, but could probably never quite get to. Um, But it's just such an impactful and wonderful story. I want to make sure to share that with everybody here in case you didn't know about Friedel Dicker Brandeis. And then the third woman, um, I think representation is just so important. Um, The third woman is uh, Marjan Sertrapi. And if I hadn't seen her, um, I wouldn't have thought that it would be possible for me to do what I do for a living. She is an Iranian. Um, She is a uh, graphic novelist. And she's probably most known for her work Persepolis, which was or is a graphic novel that comes in two parts but is also a a movie. It was made into a film, an animated film. Um, and her work uh, was just extremely formative for me. Um, to see that work at the end of my undergrad career, <laughs> I wish it had happened sooner, but I saw it at the end of my undergrad career and I just remember my jaw dropped. My girlfriend Karen uh, was like, hey, you need to come to this comic book shop. I found this woman, she's Iranian and she's got this graphic novel. And I looked at it, my jaw dropped. I was like, she looks like me. Like, and this is incredible. This is somebody who's being taken seriously. She's doing this work. Um, and it was huge. It was hugely formative for me. And so I wanted to share uh, these three women with you. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, if there are any questions about any of that stuff, I'm, I'm- happy to take them. Um, you'll have to stop me uh, <laughs> to, to let me know their questions. Um, so I want to mention another really important person um, that I got. This one I actually got to meet. And I didn't know any of those other three women. Only one of them is still living. Um, but this one I actually got to meet. His name was Hugh Weber. Um, he he featured me and one of my friends, my soul sister, Shahrazad Fleming, um, in The Great Discontent, which is a global periodical magazine um, with incredible reach. And um, as you can see, they they recognize people like Leon Bridges, right? I, I will always and forever say this is the coolest thing that I ever got to do, and I will never do anything cooler than this. But Hugh saw something in me and saw something in my story um, and he interviewed me for this magazine. Um, and when we discussed this magazine, um, and prior to him interviewing me, um, my buddy uh, and former co-chair of DEC, um, the AIGA Design Educators Community, um, Alberto Regal, um, brought up to Hugh, like, if you really want to be inclusive with this uh, periodical, why not make people... Um, it's it's an English reading magazine. Why not make people work a little harder? Um so what about doing what about publishing in different languages? And you know, it it would be one thing to publish in um in in Spanish or in French. Um, but we said why not publish in Farsi? <laughs> Which is really difficult to typeset. But anyone who has attempted to typeset Farsi. Knows how hard this can be, um, so Hugh was all in, um, much like everything else in his life, and um, he he interviewed uh, Shahrazad and myself, and the online version of this interview is um, is is in English, uh, so folks can read it, and their their um, uh, you their, their interface can change the the um, text as needed. But the print version is in Farsi and uh, Scheherazade's father actually hand wrote it out because it was so difficult to get it properly uh, typeset. Yeah, Diane, it's like a real, it's a real issue. That's awesome. Um, we, we need better Farsi fonts. Also hashtag Farsi fonts. That's okay. <laughs> um, so um Hugh unfortunately uh, we we all feel a really big um uh just cavernous hole in our hearts as um, Hugh passed away this past March unexpectedly um but I have to give it up to he he really and truly um what he's done for this publication is huge um he worked with the design observer um he he was just so into what we are all trying to do as designers and visual communicators that um uh, I can't talk again without mentioning him. And this is a great publication and you should all go buy one. So um, I, I now I can, I can
0: show some work examples if you want Diane. Sure. You can. So you you have love of type, which you have done for years with just writing out type. And there's type in, in two, the two that I own that are pro- collaged in. So there was this black and white. There's this ripped. So I it, I'd just like to see how you still have some of these kind of. I like to see the. I don't know how far it's come where you're still yeah. using these colors, but you're adding something else. You're still using type that's from other places like Gateway Art. I love that piece, but it's like. To see where something starts, or see what you were so ingrained with, it was just part of your everyday. And a lot of the the stuff that you were doing it back in two thousand thirteen was still maybe stuff that you're doing now, but now it's you have more of a playground. You have a bigger playground to that you're working with, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, so to go back to that, I think that's probably a good segue. So these drawings, um, in, and now I'm on my website guys. Um, so these drawings are, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of collage as you can see here. There's just a lot of collage going on and I've got so many different series. Let's see. We'll go to the drawing. So to the city one, cause it's, um, just the most uh, recent. Um, so you can see the collage happening. These are, these are images, um, Uh, that use both ink uh, so pen and ink Um, there's also you know gesso I I have all of this stuff it's like right here that was really loud sorry but like here's my tray of of stuff that I use Um, I'm working on some stuff right now um, in front of me but so you've got this uh, this this sort of like brownish paper that's a love letter that I found at an estate sale so these are images that are being um, uh, these are these are works that are actually um, that, that have something uh, from the geographic region. Um, the estate sale that I found uh, that love letter at was local um, and you know, I like to draw baked goods, you know, things like that. but the the thing about this is that really, um I was doing this, um sorry about that. I was doing this project and thinking, um, more along the lines of, I have to do something every day. So no day without a line. Um, so if I'm doing that, some days are just going to be like a candle. Some days are going to be a really, uh, also baked goods are good for, yes, doc, exactly. (laughs) Baked goods are also good for eating your feelings. Um, it's, I, I would often find myself with a lack of content. So I would just, I, I would just, you know, draw whatever was in front of my face, um, which was often a muffin. Um, but, or it could have been, you know, a, a camera or something like that. But I was always trying to, and this is the New and Lou, um project, I was always trying to, you know, go outside and I always draw what I see in front of my face. I do not like, um, I do not like to take pictures because what you what happens is um, so this one uh, from Nord's okay. What happens when you don't when you when you just draw from a picture is your images are going to be flat because you're drawing from flat. So I love drawing from life. I love drawing baked goods from life. (laughs) Look at these donuts. I could eat these donuts because I wanted to eat these donuts. And you can tell because that's how I drew them. But that's, you know, that's just something that I was doing here. And so I'm trying to combine text in the background. Yeah, I did eat them, Alex. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I'm trying to combine text in the background, um, flatter, uh, sort of more graphic shapes. Um, in the foreground, I'm trying to get my midtones, my highlights, my darkest areas. I'm trying to practice my craft here. and I found that a way that I can do that is through this medium. But all of this still translates to my graphic design work. So um how do the question Doc has is how do you know when you're done with the drawing when the baked goods are gone? Um yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, so all of that, uh, that um, I'll say, uh, layering of text and shape, um, form over words, all of that goes back to my design work. So I guess what I'm trying to say is my illustration work informs my graphic design work full stop. Everything that I do when I practice my daily drawings, 30 minutes a day to warm up for something, is taking me to this place where I can practice the same rules um, and the same methods, but with different tools, different visual tools. Um, I'll also mention that when it comes to seeing all of these overlapping um, forms and text and things like that, what I'm trying to do is convey life, I'm trying to convey what I experience as life, whether it's, I like to say imagery with a pulse, but whether it's um, imagery that conveys people talking over each other um, or imagery that conveys multiple shadows like the Gateway Arch project here, um, or if it's more complex, um, like the uh, the vote poster um, on the far right, um, that includes a lot of things that has, that has, um, baby footprints that has, um, you know, pee sticks that has a lot of things going on with it that has birth breathing, like information and charts in it. And, um, I'm layering all of these things, um, to convey, uh, a more dynamic perspective. um, The Jenny Wiley State Park is a different type of thing. I'm hoping that it comes across with energy and I'm using line to do that. Um, But it's a lot more simple. It's a lot more flat than some of my other work.
0: But I love that you're exploring. Like there is typography in all this. There is type exploration. There is value exploration. There's layering in all of these. But I love that you, I think that's what, inspires me a lot about what your work is is it's it's not just the same thing repeated it's that you're continually growing and it is informing I love that you say your illustration your design is informed by your illustration so you have to keep illustrating so that you can continue to be informed in your design work
1: yeah and and I also am very inspired when I have a good client to work for I mean and that that's another part of it I do a lot of work for state parks or national parks. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be invited into some really cool projects, um, Type Hike being one of them. Um, and uh, I think that having having clients like that that really make me uh, want to do something for something bigger and better than myself, um, that's, that's another big part of it. I, I want the work to be bigger than me. I want it to feel um, um, larger. So a lot of that also has moved into motion for me. Um, this, this is a bunch of stills because it's in a PDF. Um, but this is a project that works with projection mapping and projections sort of hop from, a surf- from surface to surface. Um, these are three-dimensional um, canvases that I built um, uh, through an algorithm and cut with a CNC router. This project um, is so cool. Um and the uh the canvases are they're not flat, right? So they're going to distort the images that are projected upon it. Um so these are just three stills from the three different videos um that are in that project and I'll I'll go back and and go ahead and find that project so that you guys can see it. Um oh, here it is. It's called Typotopo. Typography topography. Um and you can sort of see how the images, how the videos, um, ex, uh, <laughs> I, okay, sorry, I'm looking at the chat. You can see how the, uh, how the videos exist all together, um, and they're a little out of sync here, but they hop from, from surface to surface, and the idea behind that was an homage to Hedy Lamarr, who developed a signal hopping device to thwart Nazi control of Austria during World War II. Um, and that's the same, um, ba- that's the basis for what we use for our Wi-Fi today, for how we all utilize Wi-Fi. It was developed by a beautiful actress, Hedy Lamarr. Um, and I'll also note that these videos, they're, they're all, these are hand done. There's nothing in here that is digital. These are letter pressed, letter forms that I pressed at the Tipoteca um in cornuta um italy um and uh animated in um uh, in uh, after effects um these let's see we'll go over here yeah this project this i'm sorry this video these are sculptures these are paper sculptures um and uh they were i've filmed them in real life um and you can sort of see a little bit of tape back there um but these are all these are all paper sculpture. This is uh, shadow. And this is me looking up. You can see the wires. Um, so this isn't digitally digitally developed. This is developed by hand um, and created um, and then set in this context um, all together. So, um, you know, if you really wanted to read more about it, you could with my website. But this is just one event that I had um, with this project, and it's gone around um, a few times. Um, so that's one way that this, that my lettering and typography has evolved. Um, another way is through augmented reality. Um, one project that I've worked on, and I don't know that I have a video of this, um, but one project that I've worked on is called Hubi. And it means, uh, well, it's it's usually like um, how you might say, like, I'm well or um, Hulam, like, I think it's good um, in Farsi. And this whole book is um, has various triggers throughout it, but it is a book um, that details what it feels like to have your cultural heritage sort of weaned out of you because you live in a place that's not like maybe where your parents are from. Um, Any diasporic people out there, what up? That's us. (laughs) We have a specific feeling that um, I'm trying to talk about. Um, I really want to dive further into this. And so I use um, both printed and thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Both printed and um, uh, uh, video works. Um, I bridge printed works with video um, to uh, sort of, uh, you know, encourage people to dive more into certain things. I feel like we have so many dimensions to us as humans. I can't even imagine that an artist book for me would ever just be one thing anymore. Um, with the ability to um, explore both uh, print and uh, multimedia, um, all of the work that I develop now is multimodal. And that might not just be for myself, it might be for a client. So um, if a client has something that they want, and they want this, like a client came to me, the Women and Gender Studies um, here at University of South Carolina came to me and they were like, we want um, posters in our new space and we want them to be artistic and beautiful and I said cool can I make them move and they were like I don't know what that means but go for it let's see what that, what what we can do um, so the uh, the two posters a, it's a diptych and as stills they sort of look like what's at the bottom right but then when you hover over them um, they become something else right so again we're using AR technology to extend the conversation. And um, they have a cool talking point for, you know, anybody who just walks into their space, too. And I think I've got, yeah, so there's some little stills here, uh, not stills, sorry, um, little ways that I think this does move. Yeah, some triggers that you can see on my website, just to sort of see me testing this out. You can see the flat to the dimensional. Yeah. So even though that's in my, like, I have, a, I have like a little patio. I, I'm in like a tree house. Like my studio is like high up and all I've got is crepe myrtles around me. But that's like in the in the back part of my studio. And I know it's cool. Uh, but, and I'm very, very grateful. Um, but that sort of just gives you an idea. I usually like to take things outside to photograph them because I think natural light has the best,
0: um, it, you know, it's just the best light. Was it the uh, how? And was it like it was part of your phone and the phone was showing, but it wasn't right. It, I don't know how, this just looks like magic.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I brought it down and I had my partner take a look at that, look at it. And, um, I think his brain exploded a little bit. (laughs) He was like, wait, what? And this was like two years ago or something like that. Um, when I had him try it, but yeah, it's just when your phone hovers over it, um, it pulls. It's essentially like a thumbprint, and your image has to be unique enough for it to for it to trigger what it is that you're working, what you want it to trigger. Um, it can't just be anything, um, but but yeah. So um, that's another way that my work has extended now from the past ten years that you know we've been talking. Like so, you're seeing the overlap of text. It's just in a different sort of format. Um, I'm using different tools. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so this this is just sort of uh, where my um, my illustration practice is gone um, for this project, uh, the Drawn Daily, um, and well, I'll go back to this for a second. Um, so this project has been really cool. I get to draw um, small businesses. Um, oh, Rhonda, that one is Artivive. That one was Art of I, uh, Rhonda. Um, so I get to draw these small businesses, and I didn't realize how important this project was going to be. Um, when I finished this 100-day project at the end of 2019, uh, we all know what happened next. A lot of these um, small businesses um, had a really difficult road ahead of them. And a lot of them did not um, survive it. So um, I started selling prints of these drawings um, and then started cutting checks um, to small businesses. So I'd sell a print for, you know, 20 bucks. I think I just was like, how much would people would people pay for a print? You know, so I started selling these prints for like 20 bucks or just whatever people would donate. And then I would just take that money and give it to the um the small business um if if there was somebody who could receive it. Right. And uh the warmouth uh down the street for me was just one of those people they they put out the bat signal um I think December of twenty twenty. And they were like, guys, we're gonna have to close. We cannot do this anymore. Something does not change. We can't do this. We love you guys, but we can't. So I should tell you guys, my father owned a barbecue restaurant for like 35 years. So if your parents own a restaurant or 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 own a small business, okay. If your parents own a small business, you have another 12 siblings. That's what that feels like. There is another 12 siblings and they they don't ever sleep. <laughs> and your parents are constantly working with them. That. That's how it feels. And I saw how much work my dad put into his business and the ups and downs of that don't even get me started. Um and I felt for these businesses and I realized I'd been I'd been supporting myself making a name for my practice drawing these businesses. I owed them something. I I wanted to give them something back. So that December 2020 I just started sending out prints i think the farthest i sent one out was australia wow um which was super cool but places people want to own a little bit of the places that they love or loved um maybe they have memories of those places but i found that that was the most fulfilling part of this project that and i could never have imagined that that having happened um and so I started, I, I applied for a grant, and I, um, I've i started this um, very small project um, to tell the story of some of the small businesses here in South Carolina um, and how COVID impacted them um, and how they have uh, been coming through um, on uh, what feels like the other side of COVID, although I don't know that we're supposed to say that uh, or not. Um, but... Um, it's, it's been a really interesting project. So that's coming out in September. So another project and another way that I've sort of uh, been working through these illustrations, but more on a digital side, is through these sort of funny uh, ways to describe pregnancy. Um, I have yet to go to the motherhood side of things because I just... You know, when you're inside the tornado, it's just hard to to see. Well, maybe it's really easier to see in the middle, but um, I don't quite have that clarity right now. When I was pregnant, I decided I would start a 100-day project of... um, Yeah, it is, Brandy, I know. Um, When I was pregnant, I decided I would start a 100-day project of what I called honest pregnancy. Um, And so uh, I have this project that's and I'll just sort of show you all um let's see 100 days of honest pregnancy um the lol might be my favorite because it's like how could i ever shave <laughs> yeah Brandy, mine is going to be going to be 5 next month and it's it's yeah it's hard to process so you know, here, I, I'm just trying to like, I'm just, it, these are cathartic. These are nothing but cathartic. Now, the other projects, the other illustrations that I do, they're like homage to a place and a geography and a city. And it's it's much more serious. But these are just for me. These are completely cathartic. Um, Trying to be some kind of tongue in cheek about the fact that all of the weight of the world feels like it's resting on your shoulders, whether that's, you know, feeding the thing or or making sure the thing is educated and can read or do math um, and making sure the thing doesn't go around hitting people all the time. You know, the, the little things, right? Um, just trying to like laugh about some of it. People take swaddling very seriously before a baby is born, all sorts of books and special swaddles that have directions on them. Yes, I don't have time to do, everybody. Swaddle my child properly because I have a career and I'm trying to live a life. It is hard. It is hard. So these are supposed to be sort of tongue-in-cheek to that. Like, yes, I want to do it right. I want so badly, so earnestly to do this perfectly. But the reality of that weight is too much. And we have got to laugh about it or it's just gonna overcome us. So, you know, the Stranger Things upside down makes me laugh because this is actually a position one of my girlfriends posted her child <laughs> proceeding like. Um yeah, yeah. Uh I I was I was due in the middle of July. So it was really fun. <laughs> Yay, Catherine, you're here right on time. <laughs> Um, I've had a lot of these, but July, 2018, that was my, that was when my due date was. So I was like, look at this. I'm going to make, I'm going to draw my calendar, right? This is sort of what we're talking about though. I didn't know. Um, I didn't, I didn't think I wanted to have a baby for sure. I was like, no, I'm I'm good. And then I met my husband and I was like, no, I a hundred percent want to have a baby and I want to do it with this man. And that was my story. And I, but I always thought I was supposed to do I was supposed to hit my checklist of all of these things before I could even think about becoming a mother or having a family, um, and I was wrong. I was wrong about that, and um, and I I really just sort of needed to write about that. Um, <laughs> trying to get up is really hard when you're <laughs> when you don't have abs when you don't have abdominal muscles. It's really hard. Um, all of the images back here. So this is a sonogram in the background. But most of the other backgrounds are all from the um, the the paper, the wrapping paper from um, my shower. Oh, fun! Yeah, I missed wine a lot. Um, <laughs> whenever I was, you know, rounding corners. Anyhow, a lot of band aids because I kept hurting myself. I could go through this. I, I you know, I have fun looking through these because they're cathartic for me. But I'll stop. Um, (laughs) um, The last image that I have here is just a fun one because it's got puppies on it. And I love to show this image. Um, The thing about posting drawings daily is that people noticed and people would call me and they would hire me for various projects. And so I got to, um, you know, draw and design murals for like bank headquarters or potentially selfie stations for dogs. Oh. you know to work with Nature's recipe on that project and it was at Dogumenta LA that's right Dogumenta not Documenta Dogumenta um and uh and yeah so you just never really know where all of this stuff is going to take you and um I've been really fortunate and I'm extremely grateful to um to be doing the work that I do and I have the time to um to research and uh, and I'm hoping that I can benefit really um, anyone with with any of the the work that I I do now. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen if that's OK. Yeah. Diane.
0: Yeah, that's great. Anyway, these are, so this is what I wanted to. I think the last in maybe it was 2017. We really just looked at the new and loo and we talked about this, but even that project has expanded it it has continued it had a role in covid after covid during covid it you know and it became more because we couldn't get out as much you know yeah. so i think that that but there's still something really important about drawing from life and i think it, that you really embody that so in since we've spoken so maybe since 2017 when did you go to south carolina what year
1: 2019 Uh, august of 2019
0: okay yeah that's what i that's what i was thinking Uh, at least hey that's better it was better to be there than not at you know anyway um so what's the biggest (laughs) hurdle that you've faced in regards to your career and it could be um or or getting business as you've moved from place to place what has been uh one of the biggest hurdles for you Mm. Um, if, okay, let me see how I can say this.
1: Uh, being a woman, you feel like you're supposed to make people feel comfortable. Um, and, 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 and that's just something that we're, we're like ingrained to, to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I hate to bring that gender stuff into it, but here we are. Um, and moving from university to university, um, and negotiating and Speaking up for yourself, um, that has been something that I ha- that has been extremely challenging um, for me to meet head on. Um, from a professional standpoint, um, making sure that you're the one doing the talking and uh, that other people aren't talking for you um, is a really, really important thing that I've learned. Um, negotiations uh, also are... Uh, are a dance and, um, uh, um, are, can be difficult. And so I I think that the biggest hurdle for me, um, was learning to realize when it was time to move on and when the conversation had changed from, um, what can we do for you and what can you do for us to what can they do for you? um, over there at the other place and being able to realize that there's a lot of power in negotiations and there's a lot of power in the the um in the fact that you might have a choice of
0: of where you go and where you where you work so in negotiations just through learning or did you read anything was it just talking to people was it um, practicing what what helped you the most because I think even even like that bank mural which I don't know if that was the bank mural the Tennessee yeah. one the cows yeah, yeah. is beautiful but there okay. are things that even something like that if you hadn't done a mural before you know it's like I don't know I work at you know four inch by six inch you know like okay I can do it but again when it's something that you're not as familiar with how, if somebody else isn't a professor trying to go to other, how, have what have you done to help you improve those negotiation skills? Uh,
1: um, I have learned that I need to hear what the other person wants to communicate to me. And if they're telling me something, I need to listen, not project. <laughs> um, so, uh, for that mural, let me think back. That was in 2019. Um, and, I, uh, that was a really great project. I, that, that one was just so that was smooth sailing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also making sure that I am very clear and communicating what I'm going to deliver. Um, you know, if, if we're not talking, uh, universities, academia, and we're not talking the politics that go along with that, and we're talking strictly from a business standpoint, Um, I love starting with an MOU, making sure that everybody is on the same page, a memorandum of understanding that this is what we've discussed that I'll deliver. This is how I will deliver that, when, and this is how you'll pay me and when. Um, And if all of that looks great to you, then I'm going to go ahead and make up my contract. But I don't like to put the cart before the horse and do too much work prior to that moment. Um, If we have a conversation, you and I, um, I'm going to go back to my uh, my MOU template um, and
0: just write something up and send it to you and be like, okay, is this is this accurate? I, um, I I love this one because sometimes a project has a lot of concepting in it and you have to do that concept before you can write your contract. Or uh, so I love this MOU, is that memorandum
1: of understanding. Okay, yes.
0: MOU. I love this idea. So it's just kind of like a synopsis before you really do a lot of some of the brain work because sometimes the contracts take a while.
1: They do. And I thank you. Yeah. So I'll I'll say uh, so, Catherine, I wouldn't call it a pre-contract just because I wouldn't want that language to muddy um, uh, anything between a client and me. But between you and me, sure, it is pretty much a pre-contract. You know, Um, I just want to make sure that the client and I are on that same page that we understand each other. And so with that, um, it opens me up to uh, to to feel more confident in building that contract. I do not want draft contracts. I, d- I just can't stand them. It's, it's work. I have to keep going over and over and over again. It's ridiculous.
0: And so it's, it's about scope in there a lot. Like, here's what I'm going to deliver if they go past this. This is you reiterate it in the contract. But this is kind of like a scope. This is what I'm going to cover. I'm going to make you a contract for this.
1: And in that moment, it should be a conversation. If the, if your conversation didn't cover something in the MOU, that's the time for them to say, "Actually, we feel more comfortable with three rounds of revisions than your basic two. I give two rounds of revisions um, it's standard, um, but you know, if somebody feels more comfortable with three, fine. You know, um, it, it, that's the moment that they can we can have a conversation about it again. If it leads to more communication, great. But keeping people in the dark is a recipe for disaster. Um, My very first gig, I think I was, I think it was in 2000. Actually, I was just, I was fresh. I was fresh out of college. It was like 2005. And I was a consultant and I was doing a project for a very well-known insurance company. I'll just do this. I'll do that. And... I totally tanked it because I didn't, I was so worried that I wouldn't do a good enough job that I didn't communicate enough with my art and creative directors to tell them when I needed help. That was the, it was the first huge project that I'd ever been given as a big kid designer. And I bombed it. Uh, because I didn't tell people that I needed help and I didn't talk to enough people. So that was a quick early learning experience that I have never since duplicated. <laughs> and if you can learn from me on
0: that, good. <laughs> that That is good to know. Okay, so I'm gonna, um, we got four minutes left. I'm gonna, um, I, there were a couple of things that I wanted to make sure yeah, that we covered. Um, I I have to ask this about, the learning new things so as you're drawing it's a continual practice but then you're using after effects or art of v or R- i don't know how to say that Artivive. Artivive. R- R- art <laughs> well in alabama we say art of v anyway i'm just kidding <laughs> um art of i art of i anyway it doesn't R- buy vive oh v i i'm i don't have it spelled correctly okay art so when do you take time and how do you incorporate that into your busy life? It, there's
1: only one way that I can do that um, and that's dovetailing it with other projects that I'm currently doing. All right? So uh, initially, um, I wrote a grant because I wanted to explore various AR platforms. Um, and so I've been doing work and exploring those platforms like that's time that I had earmarked for that grant. And if I don't deliver on that grant, then I get in trouble. Right. right. So I, I have to do that work. Um, the other answer to that is uh, every time you see me without every time you see me with my partner without our child, it's costing me money. So I pay for somebody to look after my child while I am. Uh, working so anything I'll I'll tell you anything in terms of my billable hours anything that I am asking for money for for my services includes some of that I have to because it's the only way that I'm going to continue to be in the black with my with my uh, my bottom line um, these again you know if we're talking about things that are hard that that are hurdles for us um, knowing what you're worth saying what you're worth asking for what you're worth um and then and then making making sure people are accountable for delivering that those are difficult things for us generally speaking no matter if you're female or male that, that does not matter it it is it is very difficult for creative people to see that um and again i think that is a cultural thing the same. um but it is something that the sooner we can do that
0: um the better the, the happier we'll be <laughs> better Oh, for us. sure okay so i want to ask you about burning out how have you confronted burning out and how are you managing it what are some of the signals of burnout for you because everybody may have different signals
1: see this poster practice behind me?
0: rest and i can't read the rest
1: as a form of resistance megan d printed this and gave it to me um and that's true uh so i need to heed that warning that's why i put it behind me so i see it during zooms um, but it's it's something that I need to keep in mind because I am really, really bad at getting to a place of burnout. Um, it is it, it's something that I'm personally working on. Um, relying on other people, delegating if you have to, but relying on other people to do a really, really good job because that's what they do um, is one way to get across uh, get 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 away from that um, from burnout. Um, if you're working on a team, like let your team do the work. You know, I, I have like, I have had to learn that, um, for a long time. I felt like I was carrying, um, for in, in various institutions, I felt like I was carrying a lot of the weight and when you're on a good team, like everybody should be lifting up together Um, And whatever team that looks like, if it's an organization um, that you're you're serving on a board or if, you know, if it's uh, if it's a, you know, a design team and you're all working together, um, whatever that looks like for you. Um, But being able to rely on those teammates is a big deal. Like trusting other people is a big, big deal. Um, And that helped with burnout. I served on a, a board for four years. And I think I was telling you this the other day when I rolled off of the board, I found that it was the first time that I'd ever given my daughter a bath without slack on. And that was a really big uh, awakening moment for me that I had been, I'd been working too much and it was, it had infiltrated the most personal parts of my life.
0: Yeah. Okay. So last, maybe the last second, the last question. So how do you go from you don't have, I mean, maybe you have time in the bathroom alone, but you work with your partner. You do have an art <laughs> studio with Brent. You there, and you have a kid. You have, you know, how, um, I said, how do you collaborate? Because I do think that you have to be in the collaboration, but you have space for yourself and what elements make up this per perfect partnership I mean every nothing's perfect but I know I okay. know both of you it's it's <laughs> yeah. um
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely not perfect um it works for us though so uh he the the magic ingredient for us is alternating days I do not ever see my partner um he works on days that I don't work on um and I work on days that he doesn't work on um for us logistically it's so that we can take care of our kid if she's sick. Um, and then, you know, during the day, but, um, for, but additionally, it serves that additional purpose, right? That we really, we go to work and we don't see the other person, um, in terms of studio time, um, I have my studio here and again, I'm very fortunate for that. He has a studio out there, um, and that's, that's out there. And I, and again, you know, we, we have our own separate spaces um, where we do meet to collaborate is often on presentations or writing or uh, or teaching. Um, and that has to be done during the daytime during work hours and cannot infiltrate <laughs> So that's uh, another like uh, it's just a hard line. Um, cannot come into dinner time, um, into you know I don't know date nights that it, you cannot do it or else, you're constantly working, constantly working. You can't do it. We've already talked about the the burnout that leads uh, that leads to burnout. Well, Foundaries.
0: I think for yes. for Brent not to have four hours to commute. I think oh, that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, he'll he'll paint a rosy picture and say, "Oh my my podcast game was strong. He knew everything about everything because he was just learning constantly, right?" But um, he. It was hard for everybody. Yeah.
0: So I'm super glad that you both are there. So what piece of advice would you tell your past self maybe back from 2013?
1: Oh, it's gonna be okay, girl. <laughs> 2013 was a rough year. <laughs> um yeah, I, I think um, oh, actually I would tell myself you don't have to stay. That's what I that's what I would tell myself.
0: Yeah. It's okay
1: to that's what I would tell myself. It's going to be okay. Um, I We get this sense of loyalty. Like we're supposed to be, um, you know, in some ways we have to have that loyalty. And some, for some things you need to have loyalty. Y'all, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about like not being loyal, but I think um, uh, for other things, like, you know, maybe career wise, maybe you've been working with a company for a really long time and you feel this sense of loyalty and you're like, oh man, I, I, I should, I can't leave them I can't they've given me so much and we have such a rich history I just would ask you know I would ask you what if what if you did you know where else could you go who else is looking for you and and the and values you and wants to tell you how much they value you
0: um, I, I had to do that a lot of times the first time was the roughest time yeah well and I think you can all also change your mind I think that in saying goodbye to a client, you may not be able to give them what they need. And I think it's stuff like that, personal stuff, it's you need to be able to change certain things. and I love that as it's okay to leave. It is it's always hard for people to leave their first job. I get a lot of calls from alumni, and they're like, well, I really want to leave. And I have another job, but I don't know how many weeks should I give them a month? And I'm like, no, it's two weeks. And then they'll say, I have this project though. And I'm like, I understand. I know it's just really hard. You just have to be, you have to have organized things really well so that somebody can take your spot and do this. It is hard, but you have to do what's right for you. And I think that that is it. Yeah. 18 years, Hannah. I remember. Um, Okay. So, um, what is next? What can we expect from you? you talked about another project and I'm <laughs> gonna I, and I'm gonna share I'm like looking for my Wacom pin and to get all your links. but what what could we expect from where and I have a whole all these links that you've seen you haven't seen hmm. them if you're watching on YouTube but all the links that we've shared that Doc has gotten for me in the chat are yes. all underneath. So if you are watching on YouTube Mina's links are first. The show notes are next, which the show notes have all these links. Go ahead. Uh,
1: Next for me. um, Well, I'm trying really hard to practice rest. Mm -hmm. Is that difficult? Yes, it's hard. Yes. Yeah, I I don't like to rest either. I constantly want to be doing things. Um, So uh, I've got a Grant project coming out in September. Um, my uh, my team at uh, U- USC Graphic Design and Illustration is building. Uh, we're just building. We're building so much more. Uh, <laughs> we've got a, a student led design studio that we're we're starting up. We have two positions opening up in the fall for professional track instructors. Um, we're really excited about those. But for me personally. This will be the longest I've ever stayed at a university. I know, tenure. Because... Whoop, whoop, baby! Oh yeah, I got tenure. Um, so that that for me means that maybe I need to look at where I am and look at look at the program and look at you know physically where I am, and um, and take stock of it and um, and either you know and and support it um, and see how how I can support it. Um, and to look at myself and say okay well what is what is the next thing for me um i feel like i'm at a pivotal point right now so we'll see i i yeah we'll see there's a lot of stuff we'll see how it goes
0: yeah well there's more to exploring to do and the career path is um you're guiding people you're leading you're also in a way leading um there's lots of things culturally that I think you're in as a leader and it's sometimes it is hard to be like well when do I rest and I I I think that I always look at Robin Landa I think she's just amazing and she's just been doing so much for so long and she's just so chill she's like well I just have really you know she goes to watch a show and she does other things she has a life And I think that then she really she just loves teaching and she loves what she's able to do and to to give to the industry. And I think that having in this pivotal part, I think it is um, just critical that you do some of that deep digging and that we all do when we're at that pivotal. But it's hard because we're like, but I got to get this thing done. So
1: I I mean, I think. I think it's refreshing to hear somebody say, hey, I'm I'm still figuring it out too.
0: Yeah. 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 So if you guys want to follow Mina on, and I'm going to spell this out for you for if you're listening. If you want it really good, you can just go to the links down below. Um, But it's on Instagram.com slash Mina Khalili, M-E-E-N-A-K-H-A-L-I-L-I. Same thing. Um, so that uh well that's a lot you're on that on LinkedIn as well. So the LinkedIn link. And then the drawn daily T-H-E-D-R-A-W-N daily. I'm not gonna spell daily. If you don't know how to spell daily, call me. Um, and then her website, minakalili.com If you want to buy prints, Mina, K- I'm sure there's a way from the website to go to yeah. shop, but minakalili.square.site And then the Great Discontent article is there, as well as all the other stuff that we have shared will be on that. I have taken them um, as we've, as Doc put them in. So I am just, uh, thank you so much for coming. And Mina, thank you so much for being here. Um, I will, next week, I am going to be at my dad's um, and I, we, I had to reschedule, not anyway, we rescheduled. next week i may do a quick thing but i don't think i'm gonna it's not gonna be a standard uh, rapid recharge or anything like that i may just produce a video i've been working on some things behind the scenes so um and john says he loved your talk at creative south which i wish i could have seen it but had other things um and i appreciate that you gave me a pass um but i am excited to see where you are next. I'm just excited to have you back on. Hopefully it won't be 10 years and uh, or seven or however many it almost has been. But you have been very inspiring to me. And again, I look at this piece every day because it's right in back of my computer. So I always see that. And this one I see as I walk out of my room, but it is set kind of high. So my line of vision, I have to look up a little bit. Um, but guys i hope that you guys enjoyed it it seemed like it was really cool a uh, lot of people in um in <laughs> she'll be president um area says um i just think uh it's really nice to do these uh and i'm we're taking we me and the mouse in my pocket are taking july off but we have one more jason Carn will be the last wednesday in june so next wednesday is off um Look for something in your email that shows you about uh, a, another video, another series that I'm working on. And it's more on the art side or more on the my creative. The, there's other pieces. So I hope that you guys are gracious with me on my editing and things like that. And the end. And I just can't wait to see you guys back in August. I'm already planning August. August is almost full. I will get the rest of it um in there and I just it's nice to see y'all and have such a uh uh busy chat I don't know my brain's gone I had a lot you had a lot of things I loved all the visuals
1: Diane thank you so much for having me on again
0: always anytime you got something girl just tell me be like I need to I got something this year because I will. it'll I be I, what's next <laughs> yeah I love it okay Thank you guys, and I'm gonna hit stop.